This is episode 105 of Parenting with the Focused Mindset with your host, myself, Cher Kretz. And today I'm going to talk to you about some of the ways that the recent grief and loss groups that I've been running with kids, some of the ways that it's affected me. I'm also going to share with you two of my very favorite books that I read to kids that you can do the same to help open up the lines of communication. And this might be one of those episodes that you can get ready to share. If you know anybody that's been thinking about all the grieving and loss that's happened in the last two years, and you've had conversations about how to process it with the kids, feel free to share this episode to help everybody have the resources they need. That's what it's all about, us helping each other. Now, I'm going to talk about that and also some of the upcoming things we have going on in the Focused Mindset community over at thefocusedmindset.com. And yeah, this is a subject that can be hard to talk about, but we're not going to shy away from it. Let's talk about it in this episode. Welcome to Parenting with the Focused Mindset. I'm your host, Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. I know that raising kids is quite the journey and doesn't always turn out as we planned. Here, we talk about the solution-focused approach. We learn how to celebrate when things are going well and how to deal with the many challenges that families face. Don't forget to hit subscribe, download, follow, so you don't miss any of the family-oriented, solution-focused content that I put out for you right here each and every week. Listening to this podcast will help you be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. Hello, hello. I'm so glad you guys are joining me today. We have so much to talk about. I hope you're having an amazing day. In fact, I hope you're having a day that is so awesome that yesterday is jealous. Let's make every single day better than the day before because we are able to do that. We talked last week about our mindset. We talk about mindset all the time here, don't we? And there's a reason for that because our mindset matters. If we intend to have amazing conversations with the people around us, if we intend to make an impact when we talk to people, it all starts with what's in our hearts. What's our intention? And it doesn't take very long to set an intention as you walk into a room. You know, in solution-focused counseling, it's commonly known that we ask people, what are your best hopes? And there's all kinds of different ways to ask that very same question because that's sometimes people look at you like, what do you mean? What's my best hopes? I've been saying, what is your intention? I've been liking that a lot lately because what we intend to do, if we put that in our head on purpose, we're a lot more likely to actually have that happen. It's kind of like the power of affirmations. When we say what we intend to do and believe it in our heart and want it at our core, then as we step forward, our reticular activating system works for us and we began to see a path there, a path that was completely uh, invisible to us before becomes as clear as a nice blue day because we see the step that we need to take. So what is your intention for today? That will determine the level of incredibleness that you have. 
But I have to say that doing that on purpose takes a minute. And I want to help you with your mindset right here, right now. Maybe you've gotten a little off track. Maybe we just need to take a moment. And before I got on the air, I took a moment and I took kind of a mindful moment. And then I decided, you know what, why don't I do that with you? Let's get our soft music going. Let's get some mood music, if you will. And let's take a minute to breathe in all the way in a cleansing breath through your nose. And then slowly breathe out through your mouth. I like to think of breathing kind of like you are breathing in a fresh bouquet of flowers. If you're allergic, that'll be a problem, but maybe for you it's a nice hot bowl of your favorite soup and you breathe, you breathe in through your nose deeply. And then when you breathe out, it's as if you're blowing out candles and you don't want to miss a single one, no matter how old you are. This type of breath brings all of that oxygen up into our brain. And then as we let it out, it completely releases all of the extra energy that's in our body. In our time together, let's choose to be present. Let our hope be that we will get exactly what we need to get out of this time today on this podcast. That that nugget of information that we need will become clear to us and that we will be true in our moment of choice and intentional to use this information to help us be the very best version of ourselves as we become who we know we always were meant to be. And let's begin. The more that we can have mindful moments like that, the more that we will set our intention for the day. I hope that you guys can choose to set your intention each and every day fresh every day. We're given a fresh new day uh, for a reason, not so we can repeat. It's not a rinse and repeat situation. It's for us to say, you know what, this is the day that we can make the most of it, that we can bring our own fire to each unique situation that we're in, and we can bring joy to that situation too. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about a situation that I've had to be very present-minded and have many times of mindfulness beforehand is all of the grief and loss groups that I've been doing lately. Now, just to kind of set the stage, last year, um, about this time, we went back to school, and I was overwhelmed with the amount of students that were coming up to me and talking to me about deaths that were occurring uh, due to covid not to mention um, other losses that are uh, that in a school you're going to have a certain amount of people that have relatives that they've lost, but add to it the devastating losses or even the fear of loss due to hospitalization or sickness. And I knew that there is no way that I was going to be able to even keep track of all of these because Next year, I knew the year after that, this year, was when students and people in general are going to start processing the loss. It was like very, very fresh at that time. People were just trying to figure out how to be back in school. And so I thought right then and there, next year, I'm going to find a way to bump up my grief and loss groups. I always do provide them for students, but this time I'm going to do it on a larger level. 
Well, this year rolled around and I decided the best way to do that is to send out an email to all of the parents. And I sent out a very simple email just saying, look, if you had some uh, loss, if anyone's died in your family in the last couple of years, feel free to email me back if you'd like your child to be in some grief therapy. I had so many responses. Not to mention the fact that there were students I was already seeing for grief and loss. And even after the responses that I got from parents, there were more that had come my way. So I set up my groups in a different type of way. Normally I have about, um, I don't know, six sessions. I decided to have three mini sessions, which sometimes it turned into four, where I could just really dive in and give some kids support and let them know that I'm there for them. Because then, of course, after that, I would definitely sit down with any one of the students that are at my schools and talk to them. But I felt like these mini groups were important. And there were times where I was tempted to say, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be doing nothing else but grief and loss groups. How can I do this? But there was just something inside of me that said, no, this is what you need to do. And when I feel that, I always do my very best to lean into it. Things get scary, but sometimes when you feel a little bit of fear or doubt, it's because that's exactly what you should be doing. There was even certain times when it got extremely busy and there were things put on the plate of counselors across the district that had that little voice whisper in me of saying, I don't think you're going to be able to run that many groups. As a matter of fact, I had to take an unexpected week off due to some of my family members right here in my house getting COVID. And there again, I was tempted. Oh, maybe I shouldn't do quite so many groups. No, I had to be intentional. I had to say, I set my intention. I had to be true to my moment of choice. And I'm going to do these groups. I realize that a lot of the choices that you make and I make each and every day, there's always another side of us that's trying to talk us out of it. But if you know in your heart that something is right and something is good, you owe it to yourself to push to the other side. I'm telling you that setting up these groups and, uh, and making the time for them and calling the kids and making sure they came in was worth every single second Because I was able to look into the eyes of so many children, even so far, and I have even more to go, and find out their story, hear where they at, and help them feel heard. Helping somebody feel heard is one of the best gifts that you can give them. Because so many times, they, especially when it comes to grieving, they don't know how to voice it. They don't know what to say. I spoke on this subject, a little bit about this subject in a conference I was in and then followed up with a couple of podcasts for you guys on going through tough times. I spoke about one student who was also in my groups that came to me this year and she was just so upset. This was in October and she had told a whole story about her father dying and she used a weapon. So they asked her to rewrite the story without a weapon. Well, the story was not true at all, except for the fact that her father had, in fact, died. And she became angry and she didn't want to change her story. She wanted to keep it exactly like it was. And before you know it, there she sat in front of me in the counseling chair because we needed to talk about this. Her feelings were boiling over. And then 
when I mentioned to her, well, I heard that your father died, she finally said, you know, I don't feel like I'm losing all of my memories. We have a picture of him up on the fridge, but we don't talk about it. And I don't think I remember anything at all about him. I don't know if I have any memories left. And she just fell apart a little bit. And I remember listening to her and telling her, tell me more. And through her tears, she began to tell me just a little bit more. And I was listening carefully for that exception, the exception that I might bring out in order for her to find hope. And she told me, sometimes I dream at night and I wake up and I hope that he's waking me up and taking me to get donuts like he used to. And I said, oh my goodness, that seems like that's a memory. That's a memory right there. And that was the moment that she, her eyes lit up and she realized, yes, I do have memories. I just don't know how to voice them and how to remember them. I tell her entire story on episode 94, if you want to go back to that episode. And 93, I talked a lot about this subject as well, by the way. But I included this same student in my most recent round of grief groups. And the first thing she said when she came into my office is she said, I want everyone to know that I have lots of memories of my dad. I've been writing them down and I have so many memories. She needed them unlocked. She needed someone to hear her and help her with that communication to get her back on her feet again. I think that we need to think about the fact that kids process grief in a different type of way than adults do. Now, all of us, when we're processing grief, it's difficult. But adults have a way of compartmentalizing things, whether it's healthy or not, of how we deal with stuff. But kids, they haven't quite learned that. And the way that people deal with death by pretty much sometimes not talking about it or falling into a silence for a while, um, sometimes parents don't mention it to the kid because they don't want to make their child upset. Problem is, is that their child is left without being able to process it and not having the tools to do so. So one way that you can talk to a child about grief and loss without feeling as though it's awkward or it's bringing up something is through reading a book. It's such a wonderful way to open the door if the child does want to talk, if they feel as though they have more in their heart that they need to say. I'm going to share a couple of books with you that I used in my groups that have been so powerful and so meaningful. And my hope is that you'll be able to also use books like this. It could be these, it could be other ones. But I'll tell you what, reading with your child is a special thing to do. It's a bonding moment. And if you choose a book about grieving and loss and you read it to your child, it opens up the line of communication in a non-threatening way. And if you're like so many other adults, you sometimes are like, I don't know how to bring up the subjects. I'm going to share these books with you with the hopes that you can communicate with your kids about this in any difficult subject. It might even help you to be more bold in your conversation. If you're talking about a book that's about grieving and loss, you could say, we've been grieving the loss of grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, father, mother, whoever. Finding ways to open the line of communication. That is what you need to be doing. In any difficult situation that you guys are processing, that you've been through, that your child has been through, 
don't be afraid to talk about it. Lean into talking about it. Now there's a time and place for everything, but there'll never be the right time if you're always finding excuses as to why you shouldn't do it. I can tell you that each and every child that has been in my groups, they appreciated having someone listen whether they were somebody that had very few words or they wanted to chatter the whole time, they were so thankful. Each and every one of them would go back, tell their teacher, their parents that they enjoyed it so much. And can they come back? It wasn't because of something magical I was doing. It was because they felt heard and validated in what they've been going through. So I first wanted to encourage you guys to Um, don't be afraid to bump up that conversation with your child, with the child that you've been around. Don't shy away from it. It's about boldness. And sometimes we need to say those bold things. You're not going to be able to screw it up. It's not like the child doesn't know that that happened. They are very much aware of the people that they've lost or the people they've heard about that's lost. And they've overheard more conversations than you think. The problem is, is that whatever age they're at, they're going to try to start processing it on their own. And they might come to some conclusions that are uh, based in fear. Now, before I tell you about these two books, I'll tell you a little bit about what I'm working on for a future um, blog post and some other writing is the correlation that I'm finding right now between the kids' fear and anxiousness and the loss that they've either dealt with or they've heard about in the last couple of years since the pandemic. I am getting so many referrals for anxiety and for fear. Now, I have helped kids through their anxiety and fear long before we had a pandemic. And even in my YouTube channel, Share the Focused Mindset, I had some very early videos that I dealt with. How can we get through worry? How can we help our kids with fears? That's been something that's, uh, that's not a surprise, right? Kids have fears. They have worries. But now... They seem to have them a little more deep rooted and they seem to have had to push them back because of the abnormal situation that we've been in. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, they refuse to go to school. All of a sudden out of nowhere, they're frozen when they want to go somewhere. They're throwing unusual fits sometimes. They're, they're, they have complete panic attacks at times. These are things that parents are seeing and they're going, what am I going to do with this? In almost every case, this child has been gripped with unrealistic fear. But sometimes, because of the things that have happened, it feels even more real than ever. They might be walking into a place that just slightly reminds them of uh, of where they were before. Uh, Maybe it's the weather. Maybe it's uh, a people they're with. It it reminds them of some of the devastation of when they couldn't go anywhere and the fear that surrounded all of our world when COVID was hitting. That is something that they don't just forget. It's in their subconscious. And there's a big, there's a huge correlation between fears that children develop and the loss that they had in grieving. Now let's talk specifically about the loss of loved ones. Many times when children are processing that fear, I am finding that more than normal, like I said, I've been running grieving groups for like 15 years now, but now when I get to the place where we talk about 
how we're feeling about it and how we're processing it, the word fear and worry comes up so much more than it did before. So these children that are processing the losses that they have when somebody died of COVID or somebody um, passed away during these uncertain times, especially they are harboring a certain level of fear that they don't know what to do with because of those unique situations. Now, do you want your child to process um, grief and loss with when it's attached to fear? That would never be our choice because we don't want them to live in ongoing fear of uh, going to a place that would be very normal or just in any kind of fear can be gripping to a child. We want them to be able to know how to release that and let go of it. So how can we help them process their fear that may come from grief if we stay quiet about it? Basically, we're just letting them figure it out on their own. I have kids that are very uncomfortable anytime they're outside of their bedroom, but they're plugging through and going throughout the day, but they're uneasy, they're anxious, they're fearful that something bad might happen. And then they just can't wait to get back home where they're safe in their room. Let's be bold enough to talk to our kids about that and help them to the other side so they can feel the freedom that you have when you're able to let go of fear. Now we're going to talk more about that relationship in the future because it's something I want to do some research on because I really think that it's something we're going to see more and more of um, and it's going to be something that we need to lean into to really help our kids. But uh, for the sake of time, it is time for us to move on and I really, really want to talk to you about these two books. I do have a video that I did. I'm going to post it on my YouTube and on my Instagram both of them are Share, C-H-E-R, The Focused Mindset. And over on Instagram, I think I'm going to start doing some lives. Maybe I'll do one on this subject. If you guys would like to hear that, feel free to drop me a DM and let me know. That would be great. And at the end of this podcast, I'm going to be talking to you more about how we can communicate with the Focused Mindset community. But anyways, the books, let's talk about it. The first book is called, whoa, always, always and Forever. And it's not to be uh, confused with the one that says, I think I, I love you always and forever. This one, Always and Forever, is by Debbie Glorley. Glory, <laughs> G-L-I-O-R-I. Oh my goodness gracious, me and pronouncing things. Anyway, Debbie, D-E-B-I. Last name, G-L-I-O-R-I. And I would definitely look it up and buy this book. This is my number one favorite book for grieving and loss. And I read it almost every time a child gets referred to me. And it's about the cutest little family of animals. And I love that it's animals because that way kids aren't attached to the male and the female of it or what the family looks like and whether the family's like them. It's just a bunch of animals. And so they're able to, uh, you know, look at that family and put themselves in that spot in a totally different type of way. And each of the family members have different things they're good at. And one of the family members one day falls sick and passes away. And this book so beautifully talks about the cycle of grief and loss, the way that the family processes it, 
it actually talks about each little personality of these little animals and how they deal with it. And then a friend comes over and is able to kind of step them out of this funk that we get in and says, hey, guys, you know, you need to, we need to live our life still or something like this. And the kids always love that part. And no matter what stage of grief that their family is in, and then they start coming out the other side and sharing stories and they do something for a memory and they talk about the whole process of how they work through that guilt, that um, grief and loss. And after I get done reading this book, it's like the kids are just kind of quiet for a minute and they just, there's just like a peaceful moment as they're processing it all. And then when I ask them, I say, Hey, you know, let's do a circle. I write, draw a circle on a paper. And I say, first, the animals felt this way. And then they felt this way. Do you remember the next thing they did? And then you remember what happened? And it, and it makes a perfect um, picture of the cycle of grief and what we go through from, from shock to anger to acceptance to um, learning how to share memories together and finding peace, if you will. And um, it's just so, so interesting. Kids can fill it in quickly. You guys should definitely try this with your children. And then I say, where do you think you are with the person that you loved? Where do you think you are on this circle? And they say, and they'll put their finger somewhere on that circle. And then I say, where do you think that your family is? And just the realization of noticing that they're not alone, that this is a norm, this is normalized at that point, the cycle of grief. And then for them to be able to put that in a very practical form, it's the first step of a real, real healing. And they'll continue to bring it up. They'll say, oh, I think that we've moved to this level. And they, they, they love those visual pictures. We need that. We need that in our life. I love that book. And after we do a couple of other sessions that I did outline in my video that I'm going to post here, um, I just kind of talked about the solution-focused work that I do with that. And I've talked about it in past podcasts. I finish up my group with the book, The Invisible String. And The Invisible String is about a mother and her twin kids. And ironically, there is literally only one page in the entire book that speaks about death. But it talks about this invisible string from one heart to another that goes as far as far as eyes is farther, farther, farther than they could ever imagine. And at one point in the book, the kids are talking to the mom and they say, well, does it, does that string go all the way to school? Yes, it does. Does the string go all the way to, if I go uh, across the seas? Yes, it does. How about space? Yes, it does. And then the one page says, how about all the way to heaven? Does the string reach all the way to heaven to uncle George? And the mother says, yes, it does. And then when I'm reading this book, I usually pause at that point and let them process that. And then the book continues on and the kids are dealing with a storm at that point. And it's a great book to use for any type of separation anxiety because many times we've spent so much time with our kids and they need something to attach to. And the thought of an invisible string going from your heart wherever you are to their heart is so sweet and they just really um, can attach to that right kids need something like that like i said these word pictures they attach to that this book is by patrice karst 
and that's uh, K-A-R-S-T. And I'd highly recommend both of these books for you guys to get for your library. You can read it to, you never know when a child in your life is going to need a good book. It's called Bibliotherapy, but you know, it's not only therapists that should be doing bibliotherapy. Books are good therapy. These are two of the books that I love, two of the picture books that I feel like everybody should have. And before we get going, I wanted to talk to you guys about something else that's been on my heart to start. And like I told you earlier, when something's on my heart that I really feel like it's something I should do, it just keeps at me, you know, and it's a good, it's a good pull. It pulls me in the right direction, I believe. But then I get nervous and how am I going to do this? And I don't know. And I've made a decision that I want to have a text community where I send out a message every single Friday to you guys, to the people who listen to my podcast and the people that follow my stories and the people that I coach and that are on my email list and in my community. I want to be able to offer you guys a text straight to your phone. It's going to be encouraging. It's going to be uplifting. That's going to get you through the weekend. Now, how often are we starting out on Mondays saying, oh, we got to get through the week. But I have to tell you, we want to be our best self on the weekend. And we want to be our best self every single day. And sometimes after a long week of work and Friday hits, and we don't know how we're going to have the energy to get through Friday at all, let alone not just uh, completely collapse during the weekend when Really, we have expectations of uh, and even intentions for ourselves of having energy and we feel like our energy is depleted at times. Well, that's why I want to give an encouragement on Friday, a solution focused encouragement that'll be directly just to you. So I am going to officially announce to every single one of you that I am going to start a texting community. And I'm going to be sending out a Focus Friday message each and every Friday. And who knows, maybe some others as well. And yes, you can reach back. I know that with these texting communities, um, it's not always possible to get back to everyone, but I will be able to read those comments as well. So I'm going to give you the number right now, and I will also leave it in the show notes. And if you're interested to be able to get prepared for our um, March launch You'll want to text and just text Focused Fridays to 951-363-4069. Just give me your name and then text Focused Fridays to 951-363-4069. And we'll be able to launch that and it'll be so fun. I'm, I would love to have you guys be a part of that and uh, I just, gosh, I just feel like it's my joy to be able to give to people and help people. It's been something that has been in my heart for as long as I can remember. And that's when I started having uh, the idea for this podcast and different ideas. I don't just like sitting dormant on my ideas. I want to try doing them. But this one was one that really started tugging at me. And it's one that my other side that we talked about earlier was giving me some excuses for and that's usually when this is going to make an impact and it's going to be something worth the time and the energy that it might take will be nothing 
when it comes to being able to make a difference. Make a difference in just your day, maybe one day when you needed it. And uh, you'll also be able to um, get a link right in the show notes where you guys can join my community. I'm going to be able to make some graphics with some of the quotes that I'll be sending out and they'll be shareable. You guys could share them wherever with whoever and I'll be sending that, that out to the Focused Mindset community. So there's a couple different ways you can join the Focused Mindset community. Like I said, there'll be a link in the show notes, but also you can go to my website, thefocusedmindset.com. You could click on join the community and right then and there, you could do it. It's free. It's just my gift to you. So I hope to see you guys there. I appreciate you so much. I'm glad you could be here. I hope you intend on making this day special and unique just for you. And until next time, keep in touch and take care. Thank you.